Good morning, Summit family uh, here today, and hello to those on the live stream or uh, listening to our podcast later. We hope you're well. Uh, my name is Mackenzie, or some of you may know me as Mac. I am the children's director here at, uh, at Summit, and I'm usually somewhere over there in the portables hanging with the kiddos. Uh, so if I haven't met you yet, I would love to. Come find me sometime after the service. I'd love to say hello um, and, and then just meet you. Uh, I'm really excited to be here today. Um, and to be continuing here. I can't wait to see what the, the Lord has in store for us as we continue in our We Are Family series about the church. Last week, uh, Jerry kicked off our series with a message on church membership and um, what it means to belong to this family and this body of Christ. And today, I get to uh, have this honor and this blessing of um, sharing a message that is, is pretty near and dear to my heart, uh, something that I'm really passionate about. And it's about um, building a strong foundation uh, for our next generation. And uh, looking at all of this through some examples in the context of uh, this beautiful narrative of Hannah dedicating her son Samuel to the Lord in the Bible. Uh, But just before we get into this whole thing, uh, I want to try something different today. Uh, Like I said, I'm I'm usually hanging with the kiddos and teaching in the next-gen areas. And in our next-gen programs, we like to do this thing before we get into the main lesson, where we have a little bit of like an icebreaker game or activity or some questions, um, just something, you know, interactive to get us, you know, uh, into what we're going to talk about. And so some of you may have noticed, and and for those on the live stream, grab a piece of paper or uh, something you can write on. Um, But for those of us in the room, some of you may have noticed these blocks under some of the aisle seats uh, and a marker. And so uh, what I would like us to do is not take too much longer than two, three minutes. Uh, but starting on this side, those that have uh, their, their blocks, um, we're going to take them out. And I just want you guys to write like one, two, three words tops, uh, a quick prayer for next gen in our church or in our community, uh, something just brief that it, maybe it's the name of somebody that you know or, or somebody here or your child or um, something for our community, just a, a very quick uh, prayer. And as, it's, as you're sort of writing, you can work with the people next to you. You can pass uh, along the block down your, your rows um, and also the, your marker. And, uh, and then when it gets to this side, um, you guys, if you are able, uh, what I would ask you to do is to bring that completed block up and there's kind of something already started down here. You guys are just going to, you know, lie the blocks down next to it until we have this sort of floor-like thing uh, of all these colorful blocks. So we're, we're not going to take too much longer uh, to do this, maybe two, three minutes, like we said. Um, you can start thinking about it as it's sort of coming along. Uh, live stream people, you can write it on a piece of paper, also put it down on the ground. Um, but we're going to start that now. I, I know we have lots of next-gen leaders and um, team members and also youth in the room. So, you know, let's show them how it's done. And, uh, and let's do this now, okay? <laughs> you guys can start sort of on that side. There's some maybe in the middle too. Thank you. 
I'm just making sure we didn't miss anything. Um, thank you guys for doing uh, that with me today, this morning. Um, you know, this like new little colorful floor we have down here of, of these blocks that you guys can come see afterwards um, is a really kind of beautiful illustration uh, of a foundation that we just started to lay this morning for our next gen here at our church and also in our community. Uh, and you know, today this was a, a choice that we made to think about our next generation here uh, in our church family or in our community, and then to bring them to the Lord in prayer. And in doing so, we begin to lay some of, of this foundation that we're going to talk about today, uh, together today. And just like how it's essential for a building to have a sturdy foundation uh, to build off of and to be able to last and remain standing, it's, as, uh, it's equally as important uh, that we build a strong foundation uh, for the next generation uh, that sets them up well to remain in Jesus. A foundation that with, can, can withstand trials and uh, strengthens their relationship with the Lord. Building a foundation that sets up our next generation uh, to know and to intentionally follow Jesus is crucial uh, calling on our lives. And um, I want to just encourage us to say it's, it's not one that only people in this room that are parents uh, of kids or guardians of kids or, or youth. Um, it's, not just, it's not just for that. This calling to set up the next generation um, on the path to following Jesus and introducing them to the Lord is something that all of us as believers are called to do. When Jesus gave his Sermon on the Mount, he um, talked about this great commission that he, he gave us on Matthew, in the book of Matthew, um, chapter 28, verse 19 to 20. And he said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you uh, to the, always to the end of the age. So we all have this responsibility to make followers of Jesus, introducing them to Jesus, baptizing them, teaching them the way uh, of Jesus, um, right? And, and including them in this. And, um, and our next generation are included in this. They don't have a different God. They don't have a lesser Jesus. They don't have a weaker Holy Spirit. No, our youth, our kids, our young adults, all of us, we share the same almighty, powerful, wonderful God. We have the same Savior, um, Jesus, and we have the same gift of the Holy Spirit. And so what we choose to take action on today lays the groundwork for their future. It's deciding to and then taking the first step uh, to set them up uh, and, um, and begin to shape their lives uh, and start our next generation um, off on this path, this next generation that are leading and uh, guiding and in the community and serving and building foundations of their own for generations that are coming after them, um, it's good we, we could set them on this, this path. So I'd love to explore some examples on how we can lay this foundation and uh, set up our next generation to know and follow Jesus this way by pointing to a really uh, beautiful narrative in the book of 1 Samuel. 
Uh, the story starts in chapter one with a woman named Hannah. Hannah um, was a woman who longed so deeply for a child but could not have one. And uh, we get a sense of that immense heartbreak and longing as we read on uh, starting in 1 Samuel uh, chapter one, verse nine. If you guys have your Bibles or your phones or you wanna follow along on the screens, uh, let's read it together. So it says, once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. So Hannah has been praying to the Lord for a child, and she is in such uh, grief about this, uh, this thing that she describes her prayers as pouring her soul out to the Lord in verse 15. And in verse 11, uh, we see that she makes a vow with the Lord uh, that if he gives her a son, she will give him back to the Lord for the rest of his life. And after her conversation with Eli, who was the priest at Shiloh, where they went to worship and to um, offer sacrifices yearly, Hannah returned home and the Lord remembered her. Uh, if we read on in verse 20, it says, so in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel saying, because I asked the Lord for him. So Hannah gave birth to Samuel and remembered her vow to the Lord. And as her husband would go up to Shiloh every year to do the annual sacrifice and worship the Lord there, Hannah stayed home with Samuel until she had weaned him. And then around three years old, she took Samuel up to Shiloh and she followed through with this promise that she had made there to the Lord. Uh, if we read on in 1 Samuel 1, um, verses 24, it says, uh, After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you, praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Later in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 2, verse 19, we read about how Hannah would continue to come and see Samuel each year. And when she came to Shiloh for the, the worship and the, the yearly sacrifice, she would bring him a coat that she made as he grew up and stayed there and served uh, at, at the temple. And Hannah's story has so many beautiful examples of how we can build a strong foundation and set up our next generation to know and follow Jesus. One of the notable examples um, is Hannah's, uh, in Hannah's dedication of Samuel to the Lord and for how we can build a strong foundation to set up our next generation is her sacrifice. 
Um, in all her sorrow and longing for a child, Hannah prayed and made a vow to the Lord. Um, she promised that if he would give her a son, um, she would dedicate him back to the Lord, and she followed through. Uh, this promise to God must have been pretty hard to make, uh, especially since she was waiting so long and had prayed so much for this uh, child. And, um, and she really wanted uh, Samuel. But Hannah displays this heart um, with a deep desire to honor God and to fulfill her commitment to him that she had made uh, there, even when it's hard. Hannah's promise and in how she followed through uh, with bringing Samuel and giving him up to the, back to the Lord, dedicating him there, uh, teaches us about how setting up the next generation with a strong foundation um, is going to take sacrifice. And it's important for us to be in alignment with God's will on this. And this can be hard. You know, um, when I was growing up, I was um, almost always at church in some capacity. I went to youth group gatherings, uh, retreats, um, different church events. And then in the summer, I was at this overnight camp called Minioe's Christian Camp up north in Muskoka. And I would go and I would stay uh, for weeks at a time. And the experience was just incredible. I could uh, be in this community uh, with fellow believers and and, um, and we just could sense uh, the presence of the Lord in, in everything, in nature and, and with each other and just encourage each other in these ways. And these experiences of being in this community and learning about uh, Jesus uh, through the church and the camp uh, grew me closer to the Lord each and every time. Uh, they, uh, but what I didn't realize is that uh, my parents, uh, it came at a cost for them. <laughs> and uh, usually it meant that, you know, uh, they'd come home from work, they'd pick me up from school, they'd feed me, and then they would almost immediately drive me to an event or a gathering of some kind, a youth group. Um, and sometimes they would have to sit in the parking lot and wait for me. Sometimes they would come in and serve to help, to have something to do uh, there or to help out with the program, um, but they almost always gave up a lot of their own plans and a lot of uh, their own things that they wanted to do so that I could have that experience. Similarly, in the summer, they would send me for a, a week or two uh, pre-planned, and then they would drive the two-ish hours up north to come get me just to have me beg them to let me stay, pay another few hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, and then drive two hours back home just to come back up the next week and do it all over again. And I would end up saying most of the time the whole summer. So I didn't really know at the time how much they gave up, but I, I am grateful for the sacrifices they made for me. The sacrifices that my parents made uh, for me so that I could learn about Jesus and grow in a community like this that strengthens and encourages one another in this way, it, it was a beautiful thing. It really shaped who I was and who I am today. And I'm grateful that my parents put my faith and my relationship with uh, Jesus first and helped steer me on that path um, and even sacrificing uh, you know, their own plans and building a routine for me that included this stuff. Um, and just, you know, pouring all these kinds of resources, giving up their time and comfort and, and their money so that I could have these pivotal experiences and grow in my face in this way. It was, um, it was really special. And so setting up a strong foundation uh, for our next generation to know and intentionally follow Jesus is going to take sacrifice and commitment like that. Hannah knew that above all, uh, that the child the Lord gave her, Samuel, um, was his first. Uh, 
Hannah knew that it was important to put God's will first uh, before her own way of doing things. And she entrusted him to the Lord uh, and gave him up um, to God, back to God, gave up a lot so that Samuel could, could serve and grow in the Lord this way. Uh, another notable example uh, that I'd love to point out from Hannah's dedication um, of Samuel to the Lord and for how we can build a strong foundation that helps set up this, uh, this next generation is how she equipped Samuel. Uh, Hannah's act of dedication didn't end when she dropped off Samuel at the temple. In fact, we, we just talked about it just a bit before, but it only marked the beginning of this lifelong journey of commitment and nurturing the faith of her son. Um, in 1 Samuel uh, two, chapter 2, verse 19, as we read already, we, we find out that Hannah would come and visit Samuel and that each time she would come to Shiloh to do the yearly sacrifice and to, and to worship the Lord there, um, she would go and she would bring him a robe that she had made for him. Uh, and as Samuel grew uh, with every year, Hannah would continue to come and provide a new robe for him. Since Samuel was young and growing and still learning, and he was three when he was dropped, uh, these robes were likely a symbol of her love and commitment, and uh, it just demonstrates the importance of, of showing up, of being consistent, and equipping the next generation as they grow and get to know Jesus more. A real practical way to do this uh, can be found in the verse that we read this morning in, in our child dedication uh, portion of the service. It's from Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 to 9. It reads, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about it with them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. Starting in verse 7 uh, of this, this verse in Deuteronomy, we see many practical and repetitive ways that we can show up, be consistent, and equip this next generation. We can talk about it more at home. We can uh, even maybe eat around the table and, and talk there. You know, when you walk along the road back then, they mostly walked everywhere they went, but today we could translate it as when we're driving somewhere or when we get in a, a vehicle of some kind or on a plane or maybe waiting in a line or, or something like that as we're driving, uh, we can teach the next generation when we lie down and when we get up, which is what we do every night and every morning. One of the best things that a friend of mine taught me uh, when we were counseling at that summer camp was that night times were the best times to save for your Devo time and to sharing the gospel because with the, with the hustle and bustle of camp ministries and all of the you know, funny skits that they would do at campfires and the hyped up food and all the activities, they would come back to their rooms and just want to stay up all night, and uh, they would be relentless. They would try almost anything to, to um, not go to sleep. And so those were great opportunities to take advantage of and to speak into the lives of these kids and, and to kind of share more about Jesus and, um, and get them excited. These were precious opportunities to share the Lord with the next generation.
And Hannah's example of showing up for Samuel every year and, uh, and bringing this uh, offering um, and worshiping the Lord there, she took advantage of the time that she had to connect with Samuel and then provided for him and, uh, and, and equipped him to continue serving there. She built a strong foundation uh, that set up uh, Samuel as he served and continued to live and grow with the Lord there. And a third example from Hannah's story that I'd like to point out um, is how we, uh, another way we can set up and build our, uh, this foundation for our next generation is in her faith and her trust in, uh, in the Lord for his plans for Samuel. Again, we read in 1 Samuel uh, 1, verse 27 to 28, Hannah says, I prayed for this child, and the Lord granted me what I asked for of him. And now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. Hannah knew that the Lord had a great plan for Samuel and that her role was to trust uh, the Lord and that he would make that happen. Hannah had faith in the Lord uh, that he would take care of him. And this also stemmed from her own understanding of God and his character. Uh, when we read back through some of her prayers, we can see that um, Hannah, she knew God and she called him by names. She, she called him God Almighty and Lord when she prayed. And in her second prayer, after she had uh, dropped off Samuel to the temple, she used names like Rock and Most High. And when we seek to understand the Lord and grow closer in relationship with Jesus ourselves, uh, we can begin to know him on this new and this deeper uh, level, and we can begin to trust his ways are good and his plans are far better than our own. By trusting the Lord ourselves, just as Hannah did, uh, we set an example for the next generation that helps them um, set them up with this, this foundation to grow and that they can fall back on when things happen. Another example for setting up our next generation and guiding them on the path to knowing and intentionally following Jesus is by uplifting every circumstance in praise to God. Even when her uh, trust in and commitment to the Lord, uh, leaving Samuel at Shiloh as she returned home, it must have been a really crazy trip. It must have been really hard to have done that. She just spent three years, you know, weaning him and then dedicating him back to the Lord. But if we read her prayer in 1 Samuel um, chapter 2, uh, we see instead of this really sorrowful thing, we find that it is prayer filled with praise and uh, to the Lord. We can read it together, uh, verses 1 and 2. It says, my heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord, my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. When we uplift every circumstance by praising God uh, or, or um, praising God with or for our next generation, uh, we begin to share stories and testimonies of how God is good, of his character, of how he continues to provide. Being an example of praise to the Lord in all things helps uh, set up the next generation with a strong foundation uh, uh, and this renewed faith and this trust that they can always recall when trials come. And there are many uh, other examples that we could get from this passage um, today, but the last one that I kind of want to share with you this morning is um, from Hannah's story is how uh, we should be praying. 
Hannah prayed humbly. She prayed with her whole heart. She didn't leave anything out. She held nothing back. She said everything, left nothing unsaid. Hannah prayed persistently. She prayed unashamedly, even to the point that Eli uh, mistakenly thought she was drunk. Uh, even when Hannah was angry or sad or frustrated or happy or at peace or whatever she was feeling, she continued to pray and seek the Lord. Hannah knew that by praying, uh, she was surrendering to God and acknowledging her need for help. Uh, and Hannah also used her times of prayer and conversation with the Lord to ask him to remember her and provide for her. Uh, when we think about setting up our next generation uh, with a strong foundation for them to grow and get to know Jesus intentionally and follow him, uh, it's incredibly important that we put Jesus at the center of it all. John 15, 5 reminds us that we can do nothing apart from Jesus. We certainly can't raise up a next generation and build the strong foundation without Jesus because Jesus is the very foundation we're building them on. Hannah's example of prayer is how we should approach setting up our next generation. As a church family, we can surround our next generation in prayer and see wonderful things happen uh, for the glory of God. Matthew 18, 19 to 20 said, reminds us that if we gather and we unite and we pray for our next generation, the Lord is present. He's at work. And uh, like we did this morning with, the, with these blocks down here, uh, we can start to build a strong foundation that sets up the next generation to remain in Jesus. And, um, and it starts with that prayer and that dedication to him. You know, helping guide our next generation to know and intentionally follow Jesus starts, uh, it, it's, it needs to be set up. Uh, it, the strong foundation needs to be started. It requires us to sacrifice and to commit. It requires us to show up and to equip. It requires us to have faith and to trust in the Lord for his plans and to uplift every circumstance in praise to him and in sharing good news and strengthening faith. And it requires us to never stop praying. When we do this, it affects, uh, can be God-honoring and, and Christ-magnifying across our communities and our globe. Uh, for Samuel 2, uh, 26, tells us that Samuel went on to grow in favor with the Lord and with people. Hannah's example and the dedication of her son to the Lord provided Samuel with this strong foundation to build his relationship with the Lord um, and to, to grow with the Lord. Samuel grew up to be a prophet and to change a whole nation. And in contrast, Eli uh, failed to, to provide his sons with this strong foundation. He instead honored them instead of the Lord, and his sons fell into corruption and, and lost their status there. And our next generation um, that is here, our next generation in our community, they are our next and our current nation changers. They are our next and our current leaders. They are our next and current foundation builders for further generations that are coming. So church family, uh, before we continue and we go, um, I wanna ask you what kind of foundation are we going to set up for our next generation? So before we finish and we worship together, uh, let's bow our heads and we'll just pray together.